Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. What's up? I'm B, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, I hope you are having an amazing day. Today, I have an update on Bruxy KV that I wanted to go over with you. And so, um, just by nature of that being the topic of this video, it's going to be a little bit of a heavier one. I do just want to kind of put that out there right out of the gate, like before we even get into it. Um, if the discussion of sexual assault, sexual abuse, um, sexual abuse by a clergy member, if any of those things are things that you do not want to engage in, you don't want to hear about, I totally understand, but maybe at this point would be the time to kind of click off of the video and um, protect yourself and your peace. And I will see you hopefully next week with something a little bit less severe. All right. So like I said, this video is an update regarding Bruxy Cavey. And um, Bruxy is somebody who I started covering on my channel back in 2022. I've made two videos about him. Um, just kind of like a, a brief overview. If you have not watched those original two videos, if you want to watch them, I will link them in the pinned comment. That way you can just find them very easily. You can watch those. You can get fully up to speed. But he was a pastor at a church called The Meeting House, which is located in Oakville, Ontario. And he had been there for a very long time, upwards of 20 years, I believe. All right. Yes. So I looked and um, he was employed by the meeting house from 1997 to 2022. And the reason that I kind of became aware of this situation was because Bruxy wasn't just the pastor of a mega church. He was somebody or he is somebody who has um, a pretty big online presence. He is well known. He kind of goes against the grain of what you would expect the pastor of a mega church to look like. He has long hair. He's kind of like he has like a, a kind of a hippie vibe. I included a clip of this in my first video about him where he talks about how um, he got a tattoo that referenced the verse in Leviticus that says you shouldn't get tattoos. And he said that he got this because he's not bound by the letter of the law. Jesus overcomes the law and he like has this whole thing about it and about how um, he used getting this tattoo as a way to connect with the tattoo artist. And so he's like countercultural to what you would expect a mega pastor to um, to be like and to look like and to behave like. And so he's somebody who a lot of people who don't really love that traditional, um, like the, the, the traditional pastor or a traditional church setting, those people who love Jesus and want to be involved but feel a little bit off-put maybe by somebody who's a little too slick, they might gravitate towards Bruxy. And as such, it was a pretty big blow to morale and a shock when back in 2021, a woman who has chosen to remain anonymous but is using the pseudonym Hagar went to Danielle Strickland, who is another um, pastor at the Meeting House and public figure in her own right, 
and disclosed that roughly 10 years ago from 2021, when she was 23 and Bruxy was 46, they entered into a pastoral counseling relationship and at some point it turned sexual. Danielle helped Hagar come public with her story and report what had happened to the elders. There was an independent investigation that was done, um, which determined at the very least sexual harassment had occurred. Um, the church was hesitant to, to label this as clergy sexual abuse. And I talked about this in my first video. I don't know if that's because it's a legal thing. I don't know if it's because they just don't want to do it and um, they, they're sticking with the sexual harassment as opposed to labeling it clergy sexual abuse. But in any case, the independent investigation turned up that Bruxy was in the wrong. They asked him to resign. He resigned. A few months later, he was arrested and charged with sexual assault. Now, something that I think the meeting house did well was to immediately bring in that third party um, to conduct that investigation. And when the complaint was substantiated, they didn't just let it sit there. They did bring in a victim's advocate and they basically put this out to the church of, hey, like if you have anything that you need to talk about, that you need to come to us about, please do. Please come to, her name is Melody Bissell. Please come to this advocate. She will help you out. Like she'll figure out what you want to do. If you want to um, move forward in a legal process, if you need counseling, like we're just trying to kind of be there for our congregation. And in doing so, there were 38 other substantiated claims of sexual abuse that were leveled against four pastors at the meeting house. So we've got a lot of people coming forward, a lot of things being shared. 38 of those claims were able to be substantiated, and not all 38 of those were leveled against Bruxy, but the allegations were leveled against a, a group of four pastors, which... I would assume includes Bruxy, but we're not getting a ton of um, like clarifying details. It's just like, this is the statement. So it's, it's tough to kind of um, parse out specifically what they're saying. Anyway, while I can't say exactly who those four former pastors are, I will say that um, two people have been named, one of them being Tim Day, who is the Meeting House's former um, lead pastor or former senior pastor. At the time that I did my second video on Bruxy KV, Tim Day had been named and some of the allegations against him had been published, but that was it. However, in September of 2022, Craig Douglas was named and he was he was named in um, an update posted to the Meeting House's website. Essentially, they have a section of their website, which I'm not I'm not entirely sure if it's public anymore. I tried to like Google it and look for it that way to see if there were any additional updates from the church and I couldn't find it. But luckily I had a link that I had previously um, credited as a source in that video. And so I was able to click the link and go. Um, their last update was September of 2022. And that's when they were saying that Craig Douglas had uh, been named and found to have um, had an inappropriate sexual relationship with somebody else who was on the staff of the worship team, which, because of his position, violated their sexual harassment policy. Okay, so I am editing the video right now, and I was doing some Googling to get a screenshot regarding Tim Day and the allegations against him, and um, turns out that according to Christianity Today, 
the other two pastors have been named along with Tim Day and Bruxy Cavey, which means that Craig Douglas makes five. So allegations against five former employees of the meeting house. And so I did just want to read um, a brief snippet from this article. I'll link it down below if you want to read the whole thing. But like I said, there were uh, 38 substantiated claims that were raised after Hagar came forward. I said some of them were against Tim Day, um, and we didn't know who the others were. I thought maybe Bruxy would be included in that. It seems, according to this article, that he is. I just want to reiterate that everything is alleged until proven in a court of law. I'm just providing you information that I have found online. But this article says that uh, Kieran Nadeau and David Churchill, the other pastors named in allegations, have not worked at the meeting house for several years. Nadeau was arrested in 2012 and charged with four counts of luring and four counts of sexual exploitation, invitation for sexual touching and possession of child pornography, and possession of a controlled substance. It says he was later arrested in January 2021 and charged with one count of sexual exploitation related to his time as a youth pastor at a Baptist church in Toronto between 2002 and 2005 prior to his employment at the meeting house. Then it goes on to talk about David Churchill and says Churchill was charged with sexual assault in 2014. He was working at the meeting house's Oakville site at the time and was dismissed when the church learned of his alleged inappropriate contact with a teenage girl. That's crazy. Both of these guys were youth pastors and then had allegations leveled against them. One for possession of child pornography and another, you know, literally being dismissed because the church learned of his alleged inappropriate contact with a teenage girl. Anyway, I did just want to pop in and share that because at the time I made my second video, the other two men had not been named. And when I was doing some reading and refreshing my memory on the previous events, I must have been looking at the older articles as opposed to a more recent one that had named them. And so um, I just wanted to include that in the interest of being as accurate as I could. All that's to say that by Hagar, one woman coming forward and sharing her story, she kind of opened up the floodgates and paved a way for other people to come forward and um, to share their own stories and to say, this is what happened to me, or this is what was done to me. And I just want to talk about it. Like, I don't want to keep it hidden anymore. And truth is coming to light. And I will never forget filming my first Bruxy KV video because it came out, or I, I filmed it on the day that they announced Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, so that is like seared into my brain forever that I'm sitting here talking about um, a man taking advantage of his position of power over somebody who's in a vulnerable space where they are seeking counseling from their pastor um, while, in, uh, while in another part of my country, a woman's right to um, health care is, is just kind of being slashed. So that was not a fun day. This day isn't fun either because essentially when Bruxy got arrested, he was not working in ministry. He was asked to resign, rightfully so. He had posted on his website a, a post called My Confession where he quote unquote confessed to an extramarital affair, did not give the details. I'll go ahead and include a clip of me reading Bruxy's quote unquote confession. 
Um, I'll cut my commentary out because I did have quite a lot to say. I was very upset when I was reading it. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll include that in here because you can't find it anymore. Bruxy's confession has been taken down. I am assuming that once he was arrested for sexual assault and he lawyered up, his lawyer was probably like, hey, um, let's not have that out there. Just a theory though. Um, but yeah, I'll go ahead and include it here. My confession. Many of you have been made aware of allegations about me. When our church leadership first talked to me about this, I confessed. I was asked not to talk about it publicly until an official and external third-party investigation could be completed and our overseers could communicate the findings. I have submitted to this process, and now I am released to address the situation openly. At the core of these allegations, there is truth. Some years ago, I had an extramarital affair. I am ashamed to even write these words, and I am so sorry that you have to read them. This adulterous relationship is my greatest failure, my darkest sin, and I take full responsibility for my actions. I have broken bonds of trust with my wife, family, and church family, including the woman I became involved with. I have brought untold pain, heartache, and confusion into the lives of those I love and who love me. I am deeply sorry. I was also irresponsible in my role as a spiritual leader and Christian clergy, which involves dynamics of power and influence and an expectation of exemplary conduct that makes me doubly accountable. I accept this responsibility with deep regret for my actions. I wish I had the courage years ago to divulge what has now become publicly known through the bravery of the woman I was involved with. Although I had repented before God, I kept it a secret from others. I am sorry upon sorry for my cowardice. I realize that repentance without confession is only partial and prevents healing an authentic relationship in the light of truth. Because I have so grievously failed in my responsibilities as a pastor, our church leadership has asked for my resignation, and I have given it. I am no longer a pastor at the Meeting House. I am forever grateful to the Meeting House and Being Christ Canada for giving me a spiritual home and sense of family for more than two decades. I know this news is particularly unsettling for those of you who are part of the Meeting House, and my heart is broken over the heavy burden I am leaving behind for our congregation and leadership to carry together in the wake of my selfish choices. The Meeting House is blessed with some of the most wise, gracious, and loving leaders I know. Because we have always placed a high value on shared leadership, I trust that my leaving will not significantly upset the church's direction and operations. On the contrary, I believe it will make room for other diverse and exceptional leaders and I will continue to cheer them on as they lead the church forward. Finally, I want to briefly respond to the many of you who have sent thoughtful messages asking how we are doing as a family and how I am doing personally. As you can imagine, my sin has caused devastating grief and pain for my family. It will likely take years to experience significant healing. Still, I think my wife and our daughters are amazingly wise, strong, and loving. I am doing the work of facing the damage I have caused. My family is walking this road alongside me, and the healing is beginning with the help of dear friends, psychotherapy, spiritual direction, and the prayers and encouragement of so many of you. Thank you. As for what's next in our lives, we just don't know, and we all appreciate your prayers now as we take a season to consider our next steps. Lastly, it goes without saying, but I will say it anyway. My failure is not a failure of the presence, power, or teaching of Jesus, but an example of the pain someone like me can cause when I ignore his presence and fail to follow his teaching. I am grateful for your prayers as I recommit to Jesus and hope to personally experience his restoration and renewal. Bruxy. Bruxy confessed, Bruxy resigned, he was no longer working in ministry, he was arrested, he's going to go to trial in February of 2024, 
I mean, that's what it, that's when it's scheduled for. And I recently found out that Bruxy is conducting online ministry once again. And so I want to take a look at this website with you. That's the whole point of this video is that I want to read to you a section of this website because I was like the other day I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about like, oh, what am I going to talk about this week? What's going on? Is there anything interesting I can react to? And I thought, you know what? I, it's been a while since I've checked in on Bruxy KV. He, <laughs> he is referring to this online ministry as his therapy. So I Googled him. I find this website and the first thing I see is like, this is my therapy. And I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Okay, how about we pay for actual therapy? Like first and foremost, how about we do that? Because that might be more helpful than putting whatever this is out onto the internet. But I did not read this whole about, about section of the website because I want to go over it with you. I want to react to it in real time. And that's what we're going to do today. So as, as soon as I saw like the, and I'm paraphrasing here, we'll read the actual words, but like, this is a form of therapy. I thought, oh, okay, so this is what we're doing. Like, this is what we are doing this week. We have to talk about it because the concept of a man who has resigned from a church because he was found to have abused his power in a way that amounts to sexual harassment, um, has been arrested for sexual assault and is currently awaiting trial for that charge, getting on the internet and being like, I, I gotta be here. This is my therapy. Doesn't sit right with my spirit. So that's what we're talking about. Before we get into that, we will go ahead and do win for the week. I know you thought I forgot about it because I've been filming for so long and I haven't brought it up. I did not forget about it. I just got carried away talking about the background of this and everything that you needed to know before we got to me reading this website. So I, I just had to finish that off. Now we'll go ahead and do win for the week. We'll have kind of a, a breath, a palate cleanser because some of that information might be new to a lot of you. Um, I've had quite a few uh, new subscribers since then, you know, in the past like year. So hi, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for watching my videos or listening to my podcast. Let's go ahead and do win for the week and have a brief moment where we celebrate good things and then we will get into Bruxy's new website. If you're new around here, a win for the week is where you share something positive that happened to you over the past week, something fun you got to do, something that made you grateful, something that brought you joy, big or small, whatever it may be. I want to hear it and celebrate with you. If you're watching on YouTube, you can leave it in the comment section down below. And if you are listening to the podcast, particularly on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A for this specific episode. My win for the week is that I got to go see the Eras tour movie with my sister and my niece. And that's why I'm wearing uh, this shirt. It's, if you're not watching, it's white and it has little gemstones all over it. Cause I was like, I'm not going to go like all out for a, for a 120 movie on a Saturday, but I want to be on theme a little bit. So I was like, oh, like bejeweled. Nice. So that is my win for the week. The movie was really, really good. Um, obviously, I did go see Taylor Swift live when she was here back in March, and that was amazing. But I do think it's really cool to be able to go, uh, like, to watch a movie of 
what we watched live because it's such a long show. She does so many different songs that it's hard to remember everything that happened in that live show. And so to go watch it today, even my sister and I were talking about it. She's like, oh, I don't remember that like this thing happening when we saw her live. And I was like, no, that did happen, but I don't remember this happening. Overall, it was just a good time. It was a lot of fun. And that is my win for the week. And I cannot wait to hear yours. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. All right, so without any further ado, let's go ahead and read the about section on the ghost of 1820.com. And through further Google searches, I have come to learn that uh, this is most likely a reference to Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Matthew was the first book of the New Testament in the Bible. And uh, Matthew 18, 20 specifically says something along the lines of wherever two or three are gathered, the presence of the Lord is there also. So that is presumably the verse that Bruxy is referencing by naming this website, The Ghost of 1820. But let's go ahead and start off with the bang. So this is the about section of this website. And at the top of the page, in bold, it says, Welcome to my therapy. As I said previously, sir, I think you may benefit from actually going to therapy. I just based on this alone, I'm I'm angry because I don't understand the concept of taking personal things that you need to work through to the internet. I know he's not the only person who does it. I know people do this every single day. But what good is that going to do? You're going to get sympathy from strangers online, maybe, like best case scenario, people are going to feel bad for you and be like, wow, I'm so sorry you're going through that, or that's tough, or you're so strong, whatever. It's like, didn't Gabby Hanna have merch that said YouTube is my therapy? No, therapy is your therapy. This is not therapy. Like, being on YouTube, talking to a camera is not therapy. Writing, writing a blog post, this is not therapy. Anyway, before I fixate too much on this and just spend the rest of the video ranting, let's go ahead and get further into what Bruxy is saying. He's, he types... He writes, hello, friends. My name is Bruxy, aka Boo. Thanks to my sisters for that enduring family nickname. And I'm a mess. But I am also discovering that suffering, especially from self-inflicted wounds, can be a good teacher. And I am learning so much. Okay. So we're rebranding because why else would you say Boo? So you're not going to use Bruxy when you're public facing, I'm assuming it's like, oh, I'm boo now because that's that's separate from Bruxy. If you hear boo, you're not automatically going to think about Bruxy Cavey because that's what happens when you have an incredibly unique name. And that's not even his name. His name is Timothy Bruce Cavey, but he goes by Bruxy. Well, he used to apparently. Now he's going to go by boo. I appreciate that he said his, uh, well, he didn't outright say his wounds were self-inflicted, but he alluded to them being self-inflicted. Yep. Self-inflicted. Um, <laughs> I'm discovering that suffering can be a good teacher. Well, is that what you're going to say to Hagar? 
that you made her suffer by taking her on in, in a counseling way and saying like, yes, I will be your counselor. I'll help you work through this. And then taking advantage of her vulnerability and entering into a sexual relationship with her. Should she take that as a teacher? Is that her consolation prize? Is that she's going to learn something from the abuse of power that you inflicted on her? Moving on, he writes, I say, hello, friends, because this site is for friends, old and new. This is a gracious space for the encouragement of those of us who struggle with hardship, failure, and forgiveness, and who are aware of our own need for grace, mercy, and peace. This is not a place for judgment and divisiveness. Well, mm, mm. it's not a place for judgment, so don't come here and judge me for what I've been arrested and charged with. But for those of us who want to learn and grow together in the compassionate way of Jesus, in short, this is where, along with the input of others, I share some of my processing on the gospel principles of repentance, literally rethinking, leading to regret for past sins and a recommitment to a new direction in life. Faith, forgiveness, grace, mercy, peace, reconciliation, and restoration. My hope is that you're here because you see how much we all need a little more of these gospel values in our lives. He's basically saying, this is a place for you to be a good Christian and not to hold my feet to the fire for the bad things that I did because we all make mistakes, right? We all mess up sometimes, so we should all be here and like not judge each other and just participate in what I'm trying to do without judging me. And I I want to make it very clear. I do believe in the importance of grace and forgiveness and lovingly restoring someone who has made a mistake and, and just needs to be supported and uplifted. But I also believe that they have to repent and take accountability for that and for him to in his confession said sarcastically to say that he engaged in an extramarital affair and not own what he did that to me says that he's not ready he's not ready to truly repent because he's not willing to name what he did he is not willing to accurately say like this is the specific thing that i did that was not okay it's still trying to skirt the the dark sidedness of what actually went down and just say like, well, it was an extramarital affair. It was it was me being weak and giving into my flesh and using extramarital affair implies that it, it was with another consenting adult who um, it would have been appropriate for him to have a relationship with had he not have been married. I think about with um, like with the Try Guys, how Ned Fulmer had an affair with an affair with somebody who was a producer for their company and in an in a podcast episode I don't know all these guys I've just seen like little clips here and there somebody had asked like is there a world where Ned could have stayed on as a part of the try guys and one of them answered like no he broke her workplace sexual harassment policy you don't get to stay when you do that. So in the same way that Ned Fulmer having a sexual relationship with a producer who worked for their company was not an affair. It was a violation of their sexual harassment policy. Bruxy in entering into a pastoral counseling relationship with a woman and then having a sexual relationship with her is not an affair. It's a it's an abuse of your pa- your power as a pastor in a way that equates to sexual harassment according to the third party investigation 
or if we want to label it a little bit more specifically, it is clergy sexual abuse. It's not just an extramarital affair. He goes on to say, over this past year and a half, part of my therapy has been journaling on what I am learning from Jesus, specifically through his teachings in the Sermon on the Mount. A few months ago, I began to share some of what I was learning with family and friends, and now that number is growing. I'm grateful you're here, but please know this site is still primarily my opportunity to process with people who are walking with me through my repentance and healing journey. So he says that part of his therapy has been journaling. I would be interested to know what the rest of his therapy is. Like, I I hope that it is genuine, actual therapy to talk through, like, whatever it is that would make him okay violating somebody's trust in the way that he did. Um, particular, like not even just that he took advantage of the vulnerable place that Hagar was in, but that he betrayed his wife and his family by engaging in this behavior long term. Like you have some, some work to do on yourself. If you are okay, lying to your spouse for over 10 years and, and maybe that's presumptuous of me. I'm assuming his wife didn't know that, 10 years ago, he had this pastoral counseling relationship that turned sexual. Um, Maybe she did know and maybe they worked through it privately. I don't know. But my assumption is that she did not know because in his confession, he made it sound like she um, was just finding out along with like everybody else. Personally, I am low energy these days and I appreciate your prayers. As I say on my how you can help page, I am trying to rebuild what I have broken and repent of what I have done wrong while also defending myself against accusations of things I have not done. And this all leaves my emotional energy quite low and my need of grace quite high. Every day is different. Some are dark and defeating and others have some lightness to them. I often feel like I am playing a game of emotional snakes and ladders. Two steps forward and sometimes a lot of steps back. This is highly uh, unimportant. I always thought it was shoots and ladders. Unless it's a different game. He is in Canada, so maybe they have different games there. But I am glad he brought up the how you can help page because we'll just go ahead and address it right now. How you can help. Here are three things you can do that will help me and hopefully help others as well. The first one is pray. The second one is participate. And um, we'll get into that a little bit later. But the third one is to partner. Partner. Since many of you have asked about how you can support me in this work, I've consulted with my community and made a donate button available. See below. This idea and even this wording has been developed in submission to those who are walking with me, and I am grateful for their leadership in my life. I have repeatedly applied for and failed to get a variety of kinds of employment, probably because of the mixture of true and false information about me online. And so I extend humble gratitude to anyone wishing to make a one-time and or monthly donation to help this project move forward. My hope is to continue to produce 1820 devotional studies for your personal or group use, add content like podcasts to help us dig deeper, encourage online and in-person community. We all need gracious spaces to help us learn and grow together, explore other opportunities to help the church recenter grace, mercy, and peace in the middle of our faith and life, continue my own healing and wholeness while also helping others find faith, hope, and love. 
So if you feel led to give a one-time gift and or monthly support to help the vision of 1820 grow, thank you. And thank you to those of you who have already donated. I am so grateful. And then if you click to donate, it says donate to small church 1820. And the little blurb says, thank you for supporting my work to help create gracious spaces online and in person to learn from and love like Jesus. No, that's not what you're doing. You could create an online community for free. You could, you know, maybe you're paying for the domain for the, you know, the Ghost of 1820 website. But you could have a WordPress website. You could have a YouTube channel. You can do a podcast for free. People don't need to donate so you can create this online space. They're donating because, as you said, you have applied for and failed to obtain employment. Now, listen, I have always been the person who's like, I don't want to mess with someone else's money. I don't want to impact someone's ability to feed their family, to pay their bills, to pay their rent. And so it does not bring me any joy to know that Bruxy can't get any any sort of employment. But I think that that's like a, a natural consequence of what you've done. You took advantage of your power in a way that apparently has legal repercussions. And so it it makes sense that you would have a little bit of trouble finding employment. However, um, you're on this journey to repentance. You're doing therapy. You need grace. You need a gracious space to help you learn and grow. Maybe you shouldn't be conducting online ministry right now. I know this is what you've done for over 20 years. I know that this is something that you um, feel is your calling, that you're passionate about doing. And so maybe you're reluctant to take a job outside of ministry But I think that that might be what you would have to do to find gainful employment. I'm sure that there are ways for someone who has been accused of sexual assault and arrested and charged for that to be employed. I'm almost positive of it. I am sure that you could find a program or something to help you find employment in the interim while you are going through this, while you are awaiting your trial. But that job that you're going to find is not going to be at a church. It's not. It's not going to be in ministry. You were asked to resign because of the findings of that independent investigation. And you said yes. And you did it. So, uh, like I said, I, I feel badly that he's not been able to find employment. But I also, at the same time, am curious if he has looked outside of ministry, if he has tried to find a a position that is not within a church, if he is willing to just kind of do whatever it takes to, to, to make money and to take care of his family, or if he's like, well, I deserve to be in ministry because this is what I've done. And so if nobody's going to hire me, I'm going to find a way to make it happen myself. As I mentioned, this project began as a part of my therapy alongside many months of actual therapy. Thank goodness. I'm glad you're in actual therapy. It's still weird to me, though, that you would put this out here and be like, this is welcome to my therapy. Welcome. Hello. This is my therapy. Um, Donate to me. Here here are my writings. Here's something that I'm doing for myself because it's my therapy. But donate to me because I'm helping you, right? Like I'm providing this content to you. 
still just uh, doesn't quite sit right with me. Anyway, spiritual direction and soul searching, accountable fellowship, all still ongoing. When the dark and defeating thoughts are all I hear, I have found that the mental and emotional discipline of really staring into the life and teachings of Jesus has become a powerful way to dispel the darkness. Meditating on the teachings of Jesus word by word has become for me life-saving and life-giving by helping my heavy heart and my darkened mind focus on the light. And by getting to know Jesus better, I am able to bring who I have been and who I am becoming into that light of love. I don't have to hide anymore. Then name what you did. Don't say like, I'm I'm battling the things that have been said about me, which aren't entirely true. Um, but some of them, it's self-inflicted. Like some of it is my fault. No, just say what you did. Say what you did. You're bringing it to the light. You're not hiding anymore. I not only see Jesus better, I see myself and everything else with more clarity and with more compassion. Then he includes another quote that says, whoever is willing to serenely bear the trial of being displeasing to herself, that person is a pleasant place of shelter for Jesus. St. Therese of Lisieux. I apologize if I butchered that. Some time ago on a different site, I post, oh, oh, we're going to address it. Okay. <laughs> Some time ago on a different site, I posted my confession and repentance statement, and I meant every word of it. Now on this site, I am getting to live out my repentance and renewing my mind as I go. I am often asked if slash when I think I might return to pastoral ministry, and my answer is that I think it is far too early for me to even consider that issue. Then why are you doing this? What I am doing here... I do as a lay person blogging and hopefully, well, you said people were donating to your ministry. You're calling it the ghost of 1820, 1820 small churches. You're, you're not here as a lay person. You're, you're doing online ministry. What I'm doing here, I do as a lay person blogging and hopefully helping others who are also feeling like a coal away from the fire. Although I am deeply broken and healing quite slowly, which is fine with me. I'm in no rush. I also resonate with the prophet Jeremiah when he says, but if I say I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Uh, the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29. I thought he was going to go deeper into where that confession went, but I guess not. So, expressing what I'm learning helps me, and if you choose to read along, I do hope these writings might help you too, and maybe together we can experience what the Apostle Paul says about how staring into the personhood of Jesus changes us. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. The word contemplate here means to stare into a mirror. It could mean to do some deep soul-searching as we look at our own lives, check, or it could mean to look at the reflection of something or someone else with the mirror on an angle. Paul makes the point that this is what Jesus does. When we look at him, we see a clear vision of the glory of God. Matthew chapter 11, 17, John chapter 1, verse 18, and a clear vision of the kind of glorious people we are becoming. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. In the words of Jesus, when you look at me, you are looking at the one who sent me. John 12, 45. 
And this is what the Holy Spirit loves to do in our lives. Help us see Jesus so Jesus can help us see God. And the result is we also see ourselves as finally free of all the weight of our own shameful baggage, religious accusation, and satanic condemnation. We really can be free from it all. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus, John chapter 8 verse 36. Just before Jesus declares himself to be our liberator in John 8:36, he says this freedom will happen when we get to know and follow the truth of his teaching, John 8:31 and 32. That is the journey I am on and what this site is all about and what the Holy Spirit wants to help us all experience. For more on who we are and who we are becoming in Christ, see John chapters 14 through 15, Romans 6, 2 through 14, 1 Corinthians 12, 26, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21, Galatians 2, 20, 3, 27 through 28, Ephesians 2, 6, and uh, 4, 15, Colossians 2, 9 through 10, 3, 1 through 4, 1 John 3, 1 through 2, 4 through 17, or chapter 4, verse 17 for starters. It's a lot of verses. Oh, okay. And then uh, just glancing down at the next sentence, he does explain why he named it the ghost of 1820. It says, why the ghost of 1820? In Matthew uh, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells his disciples, wherever two or three gather in my name, I am there in the middle with them. In context, these groups of two or three are on mercy missions to help lost sheep return. I love that image. And Jesus says that when we gather together in gracious spaces to love the lost, he is spiritually and fully present with us. Jesus is the ghost of 1820. For more on this verse, see our first devotional study. And then he has a link to that study. The 1820 studies are initially researched and written by me, then I submit them for discussion and discernment to a growing number of gracious, mature, and supportive sisters and brothers. I love how he had to put that in there. He's like, the mature people who can see past what I've done and aren't going to like hold me accountable for it because they're just willing to move on. Those people, the mature people. Although that once again might be presumptuous of me, there may be people in his life who are still close with him and are still walking in community with him who have been like, hey, you really messed up. Like you were completely in the wrong and what you did was not okay, but I I love you as a person and I want to be here for you in community. It's totally possible that there are those people who have called him out, but um. And maybe they're just trying to be there for him and, like, make sure that mentally he's okay because while he is completely in the wrong here, I can't imagine what it would be like to, like, lose everything that you've worked for for 25 years to um, be one person in the public in the public's perception of you one day and then the next day to have that be completely shattered to lose your job, to lose your reputation, to lose your place of worship, to lose like everything that you've gotten accustomed to. Um, Again, like while it is entirely his fault because this is based on his actions and the things that he did, I cannot imagine going through all of that loss at once. So maybe there are people who are not okay with him, not publicly naming this, not publicly um, like owning what he did but they're just concerned about him and want him to, um, you know, be okay despite his actions. I don't know. Like, this is all speculation, but I shouldn't say that the only people who are around him are people who 
will not hold him accountable. That's not necessarily fair on my end. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He closes this out by saying, I learned so much from these beautiful people and their thoughts are then woven back into each study. So the end result is that the material on this site is a team effort and a family enterprise. I welcome your involvement too. Comment on posts or write me anytime. After a couple of initial studies about mercy and warm fellowship, both of which I need so much, I began a thought-by-thought walkthrough of the Sermon on the Mount. I need to go back to the heart of it all and press the reset button on everything. These thoughts are for me first and foremost, but you are welcome to eavesdrop and offer input. Perhaps we can heal and grow together. I wish you an abundance of faith, hope, and love. Grace, mercy, and peace. Roxy. Something that's really interesting is when you scroll to the bottom of the webpage, it always has these three things. The first thing says blog by Boo. The second is an email address, which is theghostof1820 at gmail.com. I know that people who regularly watch my channel are reasonable, level-headed people, and you will not use that email address for nefarious purposes. But I do need to say I am not sharing something that is a hidden piece of information. This is on his website. This is publicly available He put this email address out here. I am telling you not to do anything negative with it. Do not contact Ruxy. You do not need to send him an email. You do not need to harass him, especially not if you got his email address from my video. Don't do anything with that. I am just providing you information that is publicly available on this website. Okay. And then the last thing is the copyright, which is 2023 by Ghost of a Man. And so Again, this is like a fully branded thing. This is something that he is putting a lot of time and effort into branding to making it cohesive to making it like a legit online ministry. This is not you just being like, this is what I'm reading in the Bible and here are my thoughts on it. I'm going to put it out here publicly in case you want to talk about it too. This is an active and conscious effort at branding. This is him making this online ministry something that one day can be taken to a larger scale. If he if if they go to trial in February and he's found not guilty and he doesn't end up facing some sort of penalty for what he's done that would take him away from, you know, this this new endeavor because I don't know what um sentences look like I don't know exactly the details of his charges all we know is that he was arrested for sexual assault and he's going to trial like that's it so I don't know if um he would be facing like jail time or or what I have no idea but presuming he goes to trial and the end result of that is that he um does not face any jail time and is free to go back to doing whatever it is he wants to do He has this. He can grow on this. He can say like, yes, I had the extramarital affair, but then uh, other false accusations came out and it was God testing me. And, you know, it was penance for the, the bad decisions that I had made, but God showed me grace by letting justice prevail. And so now he's going to use that as like a springboard for this. 
if he if he is found not guilty, I can guarantee you that's what's going to happen is I faced this trial by fire physically in this in the physical realm as well as a spiritual battle a spiritual trial coming from God to redeem me and to store to restore me into grace and he's going to push this even harder anyway that is just my own personal theory that's my own prediction but it might be bolstered by the last thing I do want to talk about, which is the section on the website titled Small Church. So this section of the website starts with like kind of a blog style entry, just kind of explaining how over the past year and a half, Bruxy has been doing Jesus-centered therapy. And throughout that process, he has been invited into people's homes to talk about God and grace and fellowship. And these are what he would consider to be small churches because it's not like an actual organization. It's not something that's been like legally established, but it is within the spirit of Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered in my name. I will also be there. Small churches. And um, he also goes on to talk about how throughout this process, he was reevaluating the Sermon on the Mount and digging into that and why it's important to have these small communities. And um, so he wants to, you know, kind of provide a, a, a catalyst for people to start these small churches. And so from this, we see Bruxy explaining what a small church is, telling us how to start a small church, which involves step one, invite a friend or two or more to join you on this journey. You can invite as many people as still allow you to be conversational when you all get together. And if a group grows too large, say 20 people in a house church, you can always break up into smaller subgroups for discussion. Step two, agree on a regular time and format to talk together. These times could be once a week or once a month or somewhere in between, in person, online, or on the phone. It's up to you. Step three, decide between two approaches. Prep for each conversation by reading the study notes and listed Bible passages ahead of time, one hour, and then meet to discuss one hour, or B, just read through it all and discuss when you are together, two hours. Step four, if you are currently part of a larger church, try not to compete or confuse. Make sure whatever you organize contributes to the unity and growth of your church. If you're not a part of a larger church, you may find a small church becomes your full church experience, or you may want to partner it with involvement in a larger local church. Last but not least, stay connected. Sign up for updates so you never miss a new post and let us know you're out there by commenting on our blog posts and do write us to share your ideas, encouragement, concerns, or questions at any time. That is not an invitation for you. That is an invitation for people who are genuinely engaging with his content. We are growing and developing and always eager to hear your input. That's it. That's all. There ain't no more. Small church is simple church. And then we have the third and final section that says current small church groups. Currently, some small church groups are closed to newcomers. Listed below are a couple that are open. Get in touch for details. And remember, with just one or two friends, you can start your own small church. And then it lists different days and locations that small churches are meeting. And it says you can get in touch for details. So you can like... I'm assuming email them and be like, hey, I am in Burlington on Mondays. Can I get the details on this group so I can join? Oh, and finally, um, like I said, he does list, you know, Mondays in Burlington, Wednesdays in Hamilton, an online option on Mondays. And finally, fourth bullet point, 
Right here, as we figure out how to maximize this site's capacity, we'll be adding group discussion capabilities here and on the mobile app. He's starting a mobile app. You're not a freaking lay person just putting your thoughts out there. That, mm, this, is, <laughs> this is what pisses me off. It, it's what pissed me off about labeling clergy sexual abuse as an extramarital affair. And it's what's pissing me off now about you creating a legitimate online ministry and calling it your therapy that you are doing as a layperson. We're getting a mobile app. This is new and we're all learning together. Keep checking back for more information. For now, feel free to try this link and see if you can join our online discussion group. A layperson. A layperson. Okay. Let me read again from the about section where he says, I am often asked if slash when I think I might return to pastoral ministry. And my answer is that I think it is far too early for me to even consider that issue. What I'm doing here, I do as a layperson, blogging and hopefully helping others who are also feeling like a coal away from the fire. Long story short, he can say he's a layperson and that's the capacity that he is acting in all he wants. But as I stated earlier, I believe that this is a concerted and intentional foray into online ministry that he is going to look to grow and expand over time while brushing the true details of what was uncovered in that investigation under the rug. And I don't like it. That's why it makes me angry. And that's why um, I was like, hey, we're going to talk about this. We, we need to continue to speak about it because it makes me so angry. It just frustrates me that Bruxy can be so clearly in the wrong in this. So, like, everything points to you did wrong, you did a bad thing, and because of that, you are facing consequences. And instead of owning up to that in its entirety, he is going to, like, take as little accountability as possible. He is going to admit the smallest amount of fault possible so he's like yep I, I messed up I need restoration and I need redemption and you know this is why I'm in therapy and this is why I'm just kind of like working things out and I'm putting this out here for you if you want to engage in it just because I feel like it's going to be good for us it's going to be really good if we can all engage in this gracious space and he's going to do all that while being as vague as he possibly can about what actually happened because he can't say it's a witch hunt. He can't say none of this ever happened. It's like at some point, you know that certain parts of this are going to come out. And so um, instead of like fully owning it up, like fully owning up to what you've done and truly stepping into repentance, he's like, I can't get away with saying that this is all a lie. So I'm going to admit to the smallest possible infraction that I can, which is an extramarital affair. I got to say, okay, I'm taking ownership of it. I did do something wrong. But he's going to have plausible deniability in his head by not actually naming what happened. I've given all my thoughts already throughout this entire video, but um, where I'm landing right now is just feeling very disappointed. I'm disappointed. I'm upset. I'm frustrated that someone who was placed in a position of power and leadership would use that to his own advantage in a way that may end up being criminal. And even if it's not, even if it's not a criminal matter, it's just a matter of him, quote unquote, just a matter 
of him violating the sexual harassment policy at the church. It's like, dude, people trusted you. Like, people looked up to you. This woman, Hagar, was coming to you for help because she thought she could trust you and she thought that you would be there for her and you would make a positive change in her life. And instead of doing what was best for her, you did what you wanted. You did something that would gratify you. And it's messed up. It's so frustrating. And it happens all the time. And every time it does, like, every time a story like this comes out, I'm so upset because it's like, oh, it's another one. Hmm. Oh, oh, another one. Oh, okay. Another case of this happening. Hmm. It's, it's, I'm not surprised. And that's a problem. It's, it's an issue that when I hear about a pastor taking advantage of their power, I'm not shocked. I'm not like, what? I can't believe that would happen. Instead, I'm just resigned to this feeling of dread and disappointment. And I don't like that. I want better. I want better for people who just want to learn and, um, follow God and practice their religion without being harmed by the people who are supposed to be safe spaces. I don't think that's too much to ask for, but before I spiral further into the depths of this depressing reality, I'm going to go ahead and close out the video. If you made it this far into the video, thank you so much. I know that this was a really heavy one. Like this was not a fun video to film. Um, Usually when I, when I film, I try and get like a joke or two in there. You know, we got to have some lighthearted moments that just kind of lift the mood. But with this one, it's, it just, it's not fitting for the topic at hand. And so I know that I know this was heavy and it, it's not fun. It's not a fun video to watch, but it is important to talk about. So thank you. If you made it this far. I really appreciate you. I would love to hear your thoughts on what we talked about. Leave anything that you want to say in the comment section down below if you're watching on YouTube or in the Q&A for this specific episode if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify. And while you are doing that, if you would consider liking this video or subscribing to my channel or leaving the podcast or rating and a review, that would be incredible if you've done any of those things already. Thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you and I love being able to just sit here hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Please, like from the bottom of my heart, I'm asking, please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. Bye.